Welcome back to The Biggest Fan Pod, the podcast that hands over the mic to some of our favourite people in the world of football and invites their biggest fan to ask the questions we wouldn't know to. Brought to you by your gals at This Fangirl. In this week's episode, we bring you another world exclusive as we're joined by the Committer Twins and for the first time ever, we hear Molly interview her sister Rosie. To rewind a little, Rosie and Molly are both footballers, with Rosie currently playing for Watford FC, they're media presenters working with the likes of BT Sport and presenting the ultimate goal, and they're both co-owners of Level 7 Football Academy. We hear from Rosie about her footballing journey as she chats honestly about how things on social media aren't always what they seem, what she does to increase her confidence and the little changes she puts in place to help her attack the day. Huge love to Rosie and Molly for being up for this one. We learned so much. Hope you enjoy. Well, do we look so similar today? I know, to be fair, have you washed your hair this morning? I know, but it actually doesn't look like it. No, it looks nice. Oh, right, oh, this, thanks. Okay. So, Rosie, thanks so much for joining me. How's your morning been? Yeah, not bad. I mean, I've had a little bit of breathing space away from you, which has been nice. Um, <laughs> so been great so far, being honest with you. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that sometimes it's actually quite good for us to have a bit of a minute apart. Mm-hmm. because you know the minute we get up I see you in the kitchen you're making a cup of tea sometimes you don't make me one which really annoys me like at the start of the day and I don't know why you continue to do it but then you are also a selfish tea maker because you're one of them people there is no TLC slap and dash quick little tea bag in there pull it out don't even think about it and that annoys me. So I'm quite glad I didn't see you this morning because sometimes it starts my day off in a negative way. What is going on? Like, is this, is this where you're just going to come on and rip me the whole time? Because I ain't no, doing I'm, Genuinely, I'm asking you how your morning's been. I haven't seen you this morning. Right. Have you done this to any other person you've interviewed? This is the problem that I have with you. No, I know. I'm sorry, I've never interviewed my twin sister. This is a, a exclusive. Yeah, but treat me as you would other people you interview please <laughs> what, what are you gonna do <laughs> listen let's continue just get the ball rolling will you <laughs> okay cool so um yeah so everyone that's uh, i guess listening today uh, we're molly and rosie committer uh, the committer twins i guess we would call, call each other these days um ex-footballers rosie's actually still playing i've dropped out the game a little bit um playing local but and media personalities um, within women's football. So, Rose, is there anything I've missed? No, I think you've done a great job then. I think you've done a good job, yeah. And obviously, to make it clear, Molly will be interviewing me today and I'm gonna be answering the questions. So, yeah. Let's go, are you ready, Mole? Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like there's nothing I don't know about you, so I'm intrigued to see if I can find out something. That's my aim, that's my aim today. So, um, yeah, let's kick it off then, Rose. So, obviously, for us, football started at a, a very young age. Um, but for you personally, I guess, is it something that we both naturally just enjoyed together? Or do you think it's something that you initiated into our lives? No, I think we were really fortunate in the sense of, I think we always had like a natural ability with football. So naturally, we always gravitated towards playing football, right, growing up, because when you, you, you're okay at something and you're decent, you get that confidence and you want to do it more. Um, so we were very fortunate, both obviously me and Mal, where I'm talking to you now, where, which is quite weird, right? Like I'm talking about us. Oh, I keep, keep forgetting. 
nice though. Um, but yeah, no, it was nice for us growing up, right? Together, being able to play and, and living through football together as well has been, been amazing for us. So um, I do believe that, and I was thinking about this actually the other day, um, I think I fell in love with football properly um, when, remember when we got called up when we were 15 to the Spurs first team? Yeah. Karen, didn't she? She, she kind of made that call when we were 15 and we did, did not expect to be playing with the senior girls, not, not that young anyway. And I think that was the moment where I felt like, right, okay, wow, someone really believes in us and values us and I really want to make something of this. Um, so yeah, at 15 years old, I would say it was really a thing where I was like, I would love to do football. Um, so yeah, I don't really remember. Do you remember that moment? It was on the, um, the Astro turf in a field way where we, we got told we, we were doing that. Yeah, the sand base where if you slide tackle on a sand base Astro turf, your leg comes off. <laughs> yeah, straight to the bone, straight to the bone. So yeah, some, some good, good memories. But I think, yeah, you're, you're right. We've been fortunate enough to, I guess, spend majority of our careers together uh, within football. How have you found that experience? Like, we've never really spoken about it, have we? Like, have you loved it? Uh, do I have to be honest on this or? Be completely honest. I'm not going to take anything personal. Um, no, listen, like I have, of course, like even like being able to, when we played in America for a little bit and things like that, doing that together is amazing because I wouldn't have been able to, to do that without you. Um, I think that's that's the truth. And I think going into new clubs together was always very exciting because we knew we had each other and you've always like my little comfort blanket. Um, but like, now let's, let's be honest as well. Like it weren't great at times either. Like if I was to have a bad game, you take that home, right? So at dinner, that would be brought up. And there was no two ways about it. You were, and I think as growing up, you were always a little bit more harsh on me than I was you. To some extent, I think, and I think that that has continued. Um, that's only because you love me, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think that there, there, there was pros and cons with that, right? But I think mainly there were there were positives to us growing up and, and being within the game together, definitely. Yeah, it's hard, and I guess looking back, yeah, you can definitely say I was maybe a little bit harder, but. I think that when you're that close, it's sort of like the easiest person, the closest person to you is the easiest person to sort of have those conversations with. And, you know, we've always been completely honest with each other, whether it's what we're wearing or how we're playing. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, there is sort of no filter. And I think that actually I've really appreciated having someone like that where there is no filter because there's no hidden agenda. It's complete honesty. Um, and yeah, I, I'm personally very grateful that we've been able to, to do it, but I agree there have been hard times uh, within that as well. Um, I think that actually we got to experience, what was it, maybe 15 years playing actually together in the same clubs. Um, and then obviously we got to that point where you get your pro contract at West Ham, which was amazing. And we, it, it was the first time ever that I think our paths had sort of drifted into different directions. How did you find that period of time? Wait, did that burn you when I got my contract? <laughs> yes, I was livid. No, <laughs> of, course, of course not. No, I was, I was look, very, very proud of you. And we, we've never had, I've got to say, like, genuinely, we've never had that sort of relationship, have we, where if one got something and the other didn't, it, it, there was no phasing either of us. So 
um, no, I was absolutely buzzing for you. So I was, I was proud. But how did you find that, I guess, being in, in that football environment without me for the first time? Yeah, it was tough because obviously I'd never been within the professional game before um, I got my contract anyway. So making that jump into the pro game, but then also losing the fact that I had the you that I've been used to for 15 years as a comfort blanket to go into new environments with, doing that by myself, it felt double hard. Um, and it's really, uh, me and Mo, like, me and you, we always have this conversation, don't we, about like, we don't know what it's like to not have a twin. So when you're without, well, when I'm without Mo, and when I'm without you, Mo, it's like, I feel double, um, I, I don't want to use the term empty, because it's not empty, but it's double, yeah, like just double uncomfortable, double alone, double like, Oh, I've literally, it's just me now. So I've got to hold the room or have this conversation by myself without bouncing off you. And that sometimes is so overwhelming and daunting in everyday life sometimes when I go into new conversations, let alone going into a brand new team without you. That was hard. And I think um, that also put a lot of more pressure on me to, to make that, that, that situation work um, because you know, football, you came out of football at that time and I was still in and I went fully in for the first time. So it's like, right, I've really got to make this work because I'm the only one out of us playing football now. Yeah, I think that that pressure of not having you and then the pressure that I put on myself snowballed. Um, and, and I really did enjoy West Ham. I loved playing professionally and it was amazing. Um, but there was a lot of... Um, pressure internally that I put on myself where like maybe the emotions that I should have felt in the moment of maybe like the Wembley experience that I had or my first game where I got to play and made my debut those positive emotions were sometimes taken away because I internally weren't feeling good um, which was mad when I look back now because I'm, I'm fine now but yeah yeah it's it's a shame when you look back at those experiences that you should have been enjoying um, Let's but talk yeah. about that then, Rose. Let's talk about that because, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but it's a, it's a good point. And, it, and if, we're, if we're being completely honest and we're going to have this conversation, we might as well. Um, I think that actually West Ham was one of the most uncomfortable times in your life. Um, and, you know, it, it looked all great on social media and stuff like that. And from outsiders looking in, it maybe looked like you're finally like living your dream. But we know that actually back home and when you weren't Rosie on the pitch or whoever you had to be out there, um, when you came home, you struggled. You know, there were nights where you, you're upset and you couldn't, you couldn't deal with that environment at times, if, if I'm being completely honest. And um, I think that actually it was a big time in your life where you had to just grow by yourself and I had to go and grow by myself. And actually, if we didn't do it separately, I don't think we would have... You know been able to do it because again we would have been in a situation where uh it's all right because molly's there or it's all right because rosie's there whereas there was nowhere to hide right when you was in that west ham environment there was no one to actually support you fully so what what do you think were your biggest struggles when you when you made that move to west ham um i think i focused too much on physically being ready so i would like over overload my training like no, knowing that I was going into that environment and being around the girls that were going to be fit and stronger than me because they've been in that environment for so long instead of working actually on myself mentally and 
mentally working with me to understand that I, I am there for a reason and I've been put there for a reason and I'm good enough to be there. I didn't work on them aspects. Um, so mentally going into that, I weren't prepared and I weren't ready. So that's why I struggled like as emotionally as I did. Obviously, as you said, like, yeah, it was, it's so weird, like, right? Like, it's so nuts when I look back on that time of my life and I look on Instagram and social media and it looks like I am having the best time that year, that season. It looks like that. But, oh my gosh, honestly, when I look back now, it's just like, it was so overwhelming for me. It was daunting. I didn't, I did not enjoy it at times. It was part of me that thought like, I don't know if I even want to do football anymore, being here and in, 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 in this environment. It was nothing to do with West Ham, by the way, nothing to do with the girls, nothing to do with the staff. It was me and, and me not being able to cope with that. And like, bear in mind, like, before going into West Ham, like, Mo, obviously, we just went to university before that. Do you know what I mean? We done and we've worked and things like that. So it was completely new. Um, and yeah, I did, I did really struggle and it was just more so of a, like a confidence, self-doubt, my own mind games and me having really negative conversations with myself, nothing to do with anyone around me. By the way, anyone could have told me that I was great every single day and good enough and I could play well and I could train well. It wouldn't stop me getting in the car and feeling rubbish about myself. It was really weird. Um, but what that, that part of my life taught me is that clearly there are some issues with my confidence and the fact that I doubt myself quite a bit so then I worked on that coming out of that environment and I feel a lot better for it now and and that's it right like there were huge huge lessons in that um, and I would not change that experience for the world yeah all right and you, you touched on it there um and that's what I wanted to ask you um personally I saw a massive shift in your mentality when you were going through those periods um, you went from someone that I think like took everything day by day, didn't really think about sort of who you were as a person, how you were going to deal with them in situations to going through that and knowing you had to work on yourself. Um, and now you're a completely different person for that experience. So whether it's what you read now, or I know you spend time listening to podcasts and you're very focused on the mental side of things, which I don't think we had ever put enough emphasis on um growing up and I, I wish we did because i think that actually would have progressed a lot further with our football if i'm honest um i think that pressure was a, was a massive thing in our lives and even now i think we struggle to deal with it um but what 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 are you doing now and, and what what are the changes you had to make to your life from back then that are now put you in a better position going into high pressure situations um yeah, like you said, like, I, I, do you know what I've just done? Like, I've just incorporated small little habits into my life every single day that make me feel better. So if I'm having like a, a morning where I wake up and I'm like, how have I done? Like, oh, I'm, I'm about to go on like uh, BT and film. How have I got here? And I have that self-doubt creeps in. It's like knowing that I've got to probably go for a walk, probably read a book, that morning to make me feel better about myself because I breathe a lot now. And also like, um, I have these, these card things now, like next to my bed that like, just remind me of the things that I'm good at. So for the moments where I'm having a little bit of a wobble with anything, couldn't, 
put um sometimes it's not just football it's life right everyone does that and i don't probably people don't admit it but we do obviously all have moments where we have a little bit of a wobble with things um so i think i've just implemented little small things that make me feel better um so yeah like like i said just like making sure like i'm eating well i'm walking i'm reading i'm reading my my little cards that i've, I've written out for myself um those the, even those four things alone have, have really ch well changed my life really in terms of like how i wake up every day and and attack the day um that's what i would say anyway oh, love it love it and uh, you mentioned bt there and you know we've had a bit of a crazy roller coaster i guess and like the, the first step of our media careers and sort of it just happening because it just it did just happen it was something that um we had never had conversations on we never thought would sort of happen in our lives and then you know it, it did happen and then now it's something we're very very passionate about um talk to me about making a transition from football into media first of all why did you make that transition um and why did you think that was the right time to do so yeah so um firstly i, I think well we decided to make the transition together didn't we um so i think first and foremost i realized that um football actually wasn't making me as happy as i thought it was going to make me um and i found myself a lot of the time in front of the camera and i think mo you're, you're the same we found ourselves getting opportunities in front of the camera more so um than on the pitch so it was just like okay i actually and i actually remember the day where like you sat me down and said right let's make conscious decision and be proactive about our own lives let's stop being reactive let's stop just taking opportunities and hoping they go well let's stop let's make a conscious decision to walk away from football just for a season take a step back from football because i think we've hit our peak now we know that let's be proactive let's be conscious let's go and do what we're passionate about which is presenting and talking to people and naturally we're good at being chatty but we knew there was a lot more to the art of presenting. You can't just wing it. You can't just turn up on the day and have a conversation and think that's good enough, like it's not. You have to be able to know who you're about to go into interview with, know sometimes that, you know, there might be an option of auto cue, so know what that feels like and know how that, how you to deal with that. And I think we, for once, really took reins on our own life and thought, do you know what, we're just gonna do it. So yeah, that moment we transitioned, stepped away from football, went into presenting together. Um, and I remember instead of playing like football at a weekend, me and Ma would be in just interviewing each other, <laughs> just getting used to like talking to someone else and trying to dig a little bit deeper so that when opportunities did arise at least we felt a little bit more prepared than just turning up and being the girls that could talk because honestly you don't think it but presenting is so hard because you've got to constantly be thinking and the amount of energy it takes to have a conversation and then try and chip in when you can or have the confidence to even intro yourself sometimes it's tough right so you've got to really work on that so i think that year out of football really allowed me and mold to come together as a collective and i think we we worked really hard trying to do that so i know you said earlier that it just happened for us and yeah opportunities have just happened for us but i don't believe in luck at all i'm really really big on this i don't believe in luck i think you work hard at stuff and then opportunities arise because of that 
and it's sort of like a combination of all those things um so yeah i think we get given the opportunities because we we work, we work hard at it right um so yeah sorry i, I know you're i've got off topic sorry um interviewer um no you're but, not you're yeah not going off topic i just no you're not going off topic at all carry on yeah no and that's it so yeah we we made a conscious decision right one 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 night when we had a conversation and that was it and we went into presenting and and practice and then um i think our first job was the wsl show right that we've been doing this season yeah definitely and i'm just taking it back rose because sometimes you just go 100 miles and there's so much good stuff that you know we need to speak about and it's not a bad thing it's just like you know i don't want to miss these moments because you, you did mention it there but what what was the hardest thing for you personally to get used to um when it came into presenting and the media world because you've gone from being in football where you're comfortable when you're in your comfort zone to being uncomfortable um and being in these high pressured environments that actually was a different type of pressure um so yeah what was the hardest thing to get used to for you um i think once again like i and I, i'm gonna come back to it is just having the confidence sometimes in myself to know that i like actually i can have a conversation and I'm, I'm all right i can interview people um and i think like my obviously you know that as well like the amount of times like, I've said to you before we've gone on and done something and said like, oh, I need you to leave this because I don't feel good today, like or something like that. It's just, yeah, what? It's, uh, yeah, I think it always will come back down to that that confidence that I have in myself when it comes to this. But yeah, I think as I think you get more confident when you practice more and you do stuff more. So I think the more stuff we were doing in front of camera, slowly came the confidence slowly came. So. Yeah, I'd say that that was my biggest struggle in transitioning. Cool. So you speak about confidence a lot, right? And you always have, to be honest. If we're if we're completely honest, and and we both speak about it a lot. But when when do you feel like maybe you're going to get to a point where actually you totally believe that like you've got this, and you know, because you've done amazing things. You know, you've been on a show on BT Sport, Ultimate Goal was amazing, you know, you present a WSL show. Um, we've done numerous stuff now together and separately, to be honest, like you've probably done more than me, but what, when do you think that yeah, actually you're going to get to a point or do you think that is like an, a, something that you're going to have to constantly work on um, to feel 100% confident and comfortable? No, but I, I like that I don't feel confident and comfortable. Like, I think that's the whole point, right? Like, I want to continue to put myself in an environment where I'm, I'm out of that comfort zone and I'm pushing myself because that means that I'm getting better and I'm growing. So I, I know I talk about confidence in a negative way, but I don't ever want to get to the point in my life where I'm sitting back and thinking, oh yeah, I could do that. I don't even have to prepare for that and I don't have to do that anymore because that's not fun. Like I want to make sure that, and same for you, like, I'd hate for you to get to that point in life. Like, I think it's important that we are always feeling a little bit uncomfortable in the situations we put ourselves in. Yeah. And look, obviously women's football has been like amazing for us. We've obviously played it ever since we were, I don't know, when was our first club? 10, but played before that at school and whatever. The minute we could kick a ball, we'd be playing it. So um, obviously the direction that women's football is taking, um, the news that Sky and BBC will now have the rights to women's football moving forward next season. 
what do you think the impact of this will be and how excited are you for that deal to um i guess happen yeah look i think the impact means that more eyes will be on the game which is great this also means that perceptions of women's football change because people that won't normally watch the game flip the sky on now and they see that the product is great which then changes the conversation around the game and i think that's the biggest thing that will happen and i think from then it just rockets which is great and how important is it for you personally obviously play professional football still playing um at, at a good level how important is it for you to continue to be a role model for younger girls coming through yeah it's, look, it's always going to be important um because it, it's really mad but when i think you play football or you're in um the media world you don't realize but you take that job role on as well because you have a responsibility to conduct yourself in the right way and make sure you're not um swearing all over your social media and not carrying yourself in the wrong way because you've got young girls following you um and i think it's just part of the responsibility that you have as either like you're playing the game and you're representing the badge that you're wearing um, and the football club that you play for. Or if you're presenting like us at the moment, then we've also got our own brands to protect, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would, I would say that's just the job that you take on. I'm really, really proud to, to play that role in even one young girl's life. Love it, love it. And obviously recently you've made the move to Watford. And I think actually we're seeing the most confident version of Rosie that I've ever seen. Um, you seem really happy to be back. Talk to us about Watford and how it's been so far. Um, yeah, I love being at Watford and I think the biggest difference is that I've, I've made the decision to just keep my life very simple. So, um, other than the fact that Watford is an um, unbelievable club to be a part of and the girls are amazing and the coaches are amazing and the facilities and everything that, that comes with playing for Watford is great. Also, it's very close to me in my home, which is great. I just wanted to simplify things, which meant that I then had more like energy when I got to training because I haven't traveled an hour and a half to get to training. And I've got more time, which means that I'm not as stressed when I get to training and things like that. So it just is an accumulation of things, which means I can get there. I can train well. I'm in a great environment with like the girls have made me feel so welcome and for me, um, I'm very much a people person, so I have to feel like I'm welcomed in when I'm going in to play for a club because that gets the best out of me. And the girls have been so good with me in doing that, that it's just made me feel so confident and part of it straight away, um, which then has allowed me to just play with freedom and got the best out of me now as a player when I'm on that pitch, which is it's amazing. And I, I hope that I can stay for Watford now for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, since you joined there, you've been like so much happier than you were before, thank God, because it's just been an absolute nightmare um, when you're not happy because the whole house will know about it. Um, so I'm obviously buzzing that you're like enjoying your footy again. But um, I mean, environment's everything. And we say this all the time, don't we? And how important has it for you to be in an environment, uh, been for you personally, sorry, to be in an environment where actually you're valued, um, you're respected and I don't know, you just feel like maybe you, you bring so much value to a team um, that you're needed. So how important has that been for you? Yeah, I, but the thing is, and this is the mad thing, right? 
it's not just for me. I think as humans, we need that, right? Whether you're playing football, whether you're working, whether you're just in a social group and then your mates, you want to feel like you're a part of something and that you're valued. And I think when you feel like that, that you get the best out of someone. So that's all that's happened there. That That's what I've learned ultimately is like, you get the best out of people when you feel valued or when you make other people feel valued. And I think that is that is the key thing now moving forward. Anyone that comes into contact with me, I want to make them feel valued. And any environment that I put myself in now, I want to make sure I feel valued. And if I don't, then I'm going to move, pick myself up from that environment and go somewhere else. Um, because that's ultimately like what you have to do and you have to be selfish with that. And I think in the past, we haven't been selfish enough sometimes, me and you. So I think um, as we're getting older, um, we're getting a little bit more about us, aren't we? <laughs> no, it's important. It's important. Yeah, I think there's also something in trying something until you know it's not working, you know, and not giving up, um, which I think that sometimes we, we have done in the past as well. So I think we've got a nice balance now. We have got a nice balance, um, definitely. But... Right, talk to me about our ambitions. What are some of the ambitions you got for us? And then some that you've got individually. I've never asked you this, so I actually really want to know. Okay, right, so for us, I've got a big plan for us, Mo, and I haven't told you yet. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that, that is actually how our life works, isn't it? Like, I, I will tell Molly on a Sunday, right, this is what your week looks like, and this is where you've got to be. So don't make plans with anyone. Uh, if they're not in them times because I put you in for this, that and that. And that's it. That's how I like it. Honestly, honestly, I can't breathe. It's ridiculous. We have a Sunday meeting, right? And she goes, right, this week, Mo. Because she's, you're an organised person, which obviously I really, really appreciate. And I'm not so much. So I do need that. But um, yeah, sorry. Talk to, talk to me about our plans then because I, I sort of would like to know sooner rather than later so I can make some plans around it. If possible. <laughs> so I'm joking about the big plans. Look, at the end of the day, like we've obviously got um, another series of Ultimate Goal coming up, which is like amazing. That is what we wanted. We wanted the second series. So we're really excited for that. Um, and for us as like a two within the presenting world, I don't know about you, I just want to keep getting better and keep learning and keep feeling uncomfortable. So that that's the plans that I have. For us to know if you if you agree with me, Mum. Yeah, you're on that. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm on, I'm on board. We'll speak about it tonight, but I am on board with that. So that's that's fine. And uh, what about for you individually? Um, individually, do do you know what? I, I just want to from from like this year. I, I made a promise to myself that if I'm gonna say I'm gonna do something, then do it. Like, and that could be just like on a small scale in terms of like. If I say I'm gonna run that morning and I've got to wake up and run, like just little things like that, just keep my to my promises that I make for myself. Um, I'm not really like a big believer, I'm, I could be wrong. I'm not really a big believer in grand plans and things like that. Because I actually think like, if you just do the little things um, and the simple things well every single day, I think ultimately that that accumulates and, and big things happen anyway. So um, I'm very much focused on the day ahead. If that's all right, I don't, I don't know if you wanted me to say a big grand plan, Mo. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I mean, I weren't expecting anything less from you, to be honest. Like, I know how you work. 
I know this brain, do you know what I mean? So it's uh, it's all good, it's all good. But um, you mentioned it there, obviously, Ultimate Goal Series 2 is coming up. Now, in terms of projects and stuff, I think it's just, yeah, the, like what you said, just anything that, that comes up, we'll, we'll grab it with both hands and go for it sort of thing. But um, yeah, thank you so much for sitting down with me, Rose. Appreciate it. Appreciate your honesty. Um, and there's some things I learned about you today that I need to be more mindful of. So this has been really productive for me, to be honest. Yeah, so like when I say that I struggle with my confidence, are you going to be less harsh on me every day now? Oh my God, honestly, it really annoys me, right? You paint me out to be like this absolute demon that like doesn't let you breathe. It's not true. It is not true. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. But no, thanks for um, interviewing me, Mo. I actually never thought that you would do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's nice, but it's, it's quite weird. Yeah, it's nice, it's weird, but like, also, I don't normally sort of stoop to this level, but you know, <laughs> I had to make a, uh, yeah, a, 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 what do you call it? An exception for you. Then the girls are faithful, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you. I'll see you in a bit. All right, okay, cheers.